China's largest chip design company, Tsinghua Unigroup, is facing major financial trouble with one of its creditors initiating bankruptcy just earlier this month. It is a major setback in the country's quest to become a self-reliant uh, country in the semiconductor industry particularly. For further insight on the topic, we're joined by Professor Kim Byung-ju from the Hankook University of Foreign Studies. Good morning, Professor Kim. Good morning. Uh, thank you for joining us so early in the morning. Thanks. All right, let's jump into this topic. Uh, China's uh, Tsinghua Unigroup's possible bankruptcy has been filling the headlines recently. Uh, for some of our listeners that may be unfamiliar with the company that seemingly came out of left field only a few years ago, can you provide us with some uh, background information on the company itself and what is happening with China's ambitious semiconductors projects? Right. Tsinghua Unigroup uh, that has been filling the headlines recently uh, you mentioned briefly that it's a, it's a chip design uh, business, but actually it's much bigger than that. Uh, some Western media has mentioned, has called the business entity China's semiconductor aircraft carrier, meaning that, that they're, they're trying to do everything within that uh, business group. And mm. this, uh, when we say it's a group, uh, it, the name means what it, what it is, actually. It includes several different companies. Uh, for instance, they have a, uh, a leading uh, memory uh, semiconductor producer, Changjiang Memory, mm -hmm. and then uh, the semiconductor design company, Siguang Goshin, and uh, uh, the producer of uh, mobile phone uh, semiconductors, Siguang Jinrei, mm -hmm. and then it, inclu it includes uh, many other uh, companies all together. So this is a group, as, as the name says. And it's all about semiconductors. And the, this is actually a group that's uh, owned, made majority holder of this, uh, owner of this group is actually uh, Tsinghua University. Tsinghua University, of course, is China's leading uh, science and technology university where mm -hmm. uh, President Xi Jinping himself graduated from. And so, his son, too, I believe. Right, right. And uh, so it's a public entity, mm -hmm. basically, just like many of the China's uh, business uh, groups and so on. And so they had this ambitious, ambitious uh, grand design or plan to uh, produce the DRAMs, for instance, from next year in, in massive quantities. That, that plan was announced in uh, 2019. So we can tell how quickly the picture has changed indeed. Only two years ago, they had these grand designs and ambitious designs, and Tsinghua, the, the uni group, was going to be leading China into the new era of uh, China becoming the global leader in semiconductor industry. Mm -hmm. However, now, within that short period of time, what happened is uh, uh, Tsinghua uni group has accumulated uh, over, uh, this is Korean currency values, but over 20 trillion won debt, for instance, and uh, uh, the, the, they have altogether uh, created uh, a lot of uh, financial problems, and it has even led one of its major banks into bankruptcy. That there was a specific Chinese bank that was lending money to Tsinghua Unigroup, and now it's uh, the bank the bank itself is facing uh, bankruptcy at this point. So uh, mm -hmm. they are talking about the bankruptcy procedure, as you mentioned, and so it's going going to uh, go through that process. Uh, analysts are saying uh, different things. So number one, when we call 
bankruptcy, of course, we think about the closure of mm, business mm. altogether, right? Selling assets and, and all that. And they're saying they might have to actually sell up to like 35 trillion won worth of assets, you know, to pay off the debt and, and uh, the clean up everything. But there's another uh, path, another scenario path, which is uh, in Korea what we call the workout. Uh, that is not necessarily closing the business, but kind of uh, uh, trimming down, streamlining the business, and then kind of sell off some of the units and then restructuring uh, the business lines altogether. Mm. And I think the slight majority of the analysts seem to believe the second path is what uh, uh, Tsinghua Uni Group is going to go through. So it's, we're not completely talking about the closing down the, the biggest entity of China's semiconductor ambition, but however, serious major restructuring and mm. then um, you know, revising of China's plan mm. to become a global semiconductor power, I guess. You know, up until this point, it seemed to be that China's uh, Qinghai Unigroup's aim was to perhaps even run a deficit to, to build that core technology. And I do wonder, in a much bigger picture, what does this all mean? Yeah. Uh, so basically, it's not only about, as you made it clear, it's, it's not only about Qinghai Uni Group. Uh, mm-hmm. one single business entity, but it's all about uh, China's ambition to become mm-hmm. the global semiconductor power. And uh, that was announced uh, quite a while ago. And then China had a plan, actually, to to uh, to establish what uh, economists call autarky. Autarky means that you're, you're independent. You don't rely on foreign suppliers and, and importers and so on. So mm-hmm. China was going to become... Uh, independent in terms of its semiconductor uh, supply within the com- uh, within their own uh, economy, mm-hmm. and they were going to go up to the 70% independence level, meaning that China was going to produce up to 70% of all the semiconductors uh, conductors that were needed uh, uh, by uh, 2030, and uh, that was the plan: 2030, mm-hmm. 70% target. Mm-hmm. Right now, however, what we are seeing is right at this point, their current number stands at 15%. Oh. Uh, you know, the, you know, 15% <laughs> of semiconductors produced in China uh, is, are produced in, in China, used in China, is produced in China. So 15%, 70%, uh, we have about, what, uh, about nine, eight years ahead. And yeah. how, can they go up to that level? No. Uh, U.S. analysts are saying that they'll go, at this point, they'll go up to about 24% rather than 70%. Mm. So this is a huge frustration of China's uh, grand design. And mm. we know uh, basically that's coming from the, the U.S. actions, you know, to kind of slow down China's ambitious plan and mm. China's rise, if you will, in the international competition altogether. So uh, this is a big blow. Mm. And uh, Tsinghua Uni Group's news is a clear indicator that whatever China had in mind earlier, becoming the superpower in the the most cutting edge front lines of the advanced uh, industries. It's being frustrated, it's being compromised, it's not going the way it had planned. Uh, That's what it means in the big picture here. All right. It seems that their grand goal is going to fall short by every measurable standard so far. But I do have to ask you, Professor Kim, where is China actually coming from in regards to sort of trying to fast track this uh, road to self-reliance and even global dominance? I guess China is coming from the sense that they they are insecure, basically, uh, within their, their current 
geopolitical uh, atmosphere of the global community mm-hmm. because of their political system that's been kind of like a, uh, increasingly uh, criticized by other countries. And, and so uh, they were facing not so friendly picture going ahead mm-hmm. in building uh, you know, a greater economic power base. And we do understand that a Chinese Communist Party needs to continue to deliver economic uh, performance and success to the people in order to continue to stay in power, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they are currently, looks like they're enjoying uh, absolute support from their people, and that's because of the economic success that, had, that they have had so far. And in order to stay in power, they con- need to continue to do that. So therefore, uh, they came up with this, this this design, one of the things that they came up with is a plan called Made in China 2025. This mm. plan, Made in China 2020, uh, 2025, was announced uh, back in 2015, about six years ago. Mm. And when it first came out, the overall, uh, the, of course, the, the main line is similar to what I just mentioned about the semiconductors. China is going to become independent and powerful and influential in listen carefully, in all areas of future-oriented <laughs> industries, not only semiconductor IT, <laughs> but also uh, biotechnology, telecom, uh, supercomputing, everything. In all areas, China is going to be world's leader. And this plan was announced uh, back in 2015 under the name, as I mentioned, uh, Made in China 2025. And guess what the, the reaction was like from the rest of the world? What was the reaction China like was, back then? Right. China was not like a democratic country, uh, you know, like uh, Europeans, Americans, they rose up, up in arms saying this is going to cause a big, big trouble. So, <laughs> so uh, of course, we kind of understand, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Coming from a different kind of political background, different yeah. kind of domestic political background, they had announced this plan, but it, it created such a backlash. And then they're saying this uh, Tsinghua Uni case uh, shows that their plan is not going to work out because of the reactions from the from the Western Alliance. And it's interesting you mentioned what the Western Alliance has reacted to, because currently it seems driven by the U.S.-China uh, tensions, especially in the trade front. Uh, things have not eased out in the last few years. So how do we explain the U.S.-Biden government's policy in this big picture, too? Yeah, uh, basically, you know, like... We, we have seen very, very tough stance uh, seen from Trump government, right. Uh, for instance, right? And basically, we, we have to uh, uh, see that such tough stance continues under current uh, Biden government uh, from the United States. And a lot of people are actually uh, realizing that the overall approach from the U.S. government has become much more delicate, much mm-hmm. more strategic, much more systematic in terms of trying to uh, stop China or slow down China altogether. So uh, in, in this uh, semiconductor business, uh, as a case here, what we have seen is uh, semiconductor, uh, in order to become a, a new star, a new player, you got to have the foundational technology to make this advanced uh, product. Mm-hmm. And for that, for instance, right, uh, you need a specific equipment. And uh, right now, what we are talking about is this uh, Dutch company, mm-hmm. ASML. Mm-hmm. ASML is the only company in the world that produces this this equipment that allows like uh, ultra, uh, extreme ultraviolet uh, rays using that and then etching 
the, the wafers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And then that's the only company that does it. And then the thing is, they were trying to sell their equipment to China, but they were stopped. Uh, uh, United States asked them to stop the export, and then this company said, what? No, we have to make our money. We are, we are going to go ahead. And then United States actually pressured a Dutch government, uh, the government of the Netherlands, to stop it, and mm-hmm. they, they succeeded. So China is not getting the equipment, meaning that China is, uh, without that, they are not able to move on to the next stage, most advanced designs of the semiconductor making. And also, the, the overall uh, semiconductor design, not only etching part, production part, but the, the design part, they need uh, the leading producers of semiconductors around the world, they need what's called the EDA, it's uh, electronic design programs. And then in this EDA field, there are key, three key players, and they happen to be all American, Synopsys, Cadence, and uh, Mentographics. They, these are all American companies. And guess what these, these American companies are asked to do? Mm. Obviously, they're asked <laughs> not to work with Chinese. You know, it's interesting because what I understand, Tsinghua Unigroup also reached at one point these high profile agreements with some of these American brands, like, for example, Intel or Dell or strategic partnerships with IBM. So all of this, um, do they just fall through? Yeah, well, mostly you can assume that they were trying very desperately to reach out to these American companies to to take the step forward. But of course, because of these uh, U.S. government stances that we have discussed, uh, just like this Dutch company we're talking about, mm. just like the EDA, uh, you know, uh, providers that we talked about, same thing happened. Uh, similar things happen with all these cases. So, mm. so that's why we see uh, Tsinghua Uni uh, Group's uh, case today as we, as we talked about it today, this morning. And why there's so much focus internationally on this topic, it seems. Mm-hmm. All right, let's bring things back to home, uh, Professor Kim, because as you mentioned, China might be on, on a roll to become the global leader of semiconductor industry, but as is South Korea. Um, and from what I understand, Korean companies, including Samsung and SK Hynix, also operate chip factories in China. So what does this all mean for Korea and how are Korean companies going to cope with it? Yeah, uh, actually, right now, Korea's leading semiconductor maker, Samsung Electronics, they have a huge factory in Xi'an, mm. in China. And then SK Hynix has a factory in Uxi as mm. well. So these are major presence. And, uh, of course, it's obvious what the United States is telling these companies, uh, Korean <laughs> companies. Uh, look, uh, remember what happened at the time of Saad retaliation, guys, mm. when China... The Chinese government gets pissed off. They, they'll do these things that goes out, out of the boundary of normal standards of conduct. So mm. are you going to, what are you going to do with your business? Mm. Obviously, these are the lines <laughs> that are being told uh, by the U.S. government. Uh, these are the com- uh, you know, Korean companies, uh, the, the pressure that Korean companies are facing right at this point. And analysts are talking about this great transformation of our time. That is, what used to be, what we used to have was called global value chains, uh, global supply chains altogether. But now they're saying we are, we are crossing the border and moving into a new era of alliance uh, value chains, alliance supply chains. Mm. So from global, we are moving on to the alliance network. And United States is leading this effort to redesign, rework out a new kind of network, going mm. from open global system to alliance-based system. And obviously here, 
the key players in the area of semiconductor, for instance, are the United States that's leading this effort, and then uh, Korea that is uh, the world's leading producer of semiconductors, mm-hmm. together with another one, uh, Korea's competitor, competitor, if you will, Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the, the, the champion of the past, Japan. Mm-hmm. So the United States is trying to build in the, in the semiconductor field the alliance of Korea, Taiwan, and Japan. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, Taiwan has an interesting stance towards Japan that's much friendlier towards Japan, mm-hmm. Taiwan is. And in South Korea, of course, we have this domestic political atmosphere here. But the thing is, Taiwan is leading the, the efforts, for instance, uh, Taiwan's leading semiconductor maker, TSMC, is uh, trying to build a new factory in Japan. And I don't think it will be that easy for Korean companies to do it because of um, the various reasons, for instance. But the, the thing is, however, there is this current moving away from open global value chain system where China played a key role. Now they are saying, uh, you know, that China is out. Uh, what are you going to do? What should Korean companies do? Uh, a lot of uh, analysts have different views. There are one part saying, uh, one group is saying, well, no matter what, China is going to be around mm-hmm. and it's going to become the largest market in the world if not, if it is not today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we will have to keep in mind China being in the picture. We cannot completely uh, keep that out. So uh, <laughs> do not set aside China. And some other people are saying, no, 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 no. Fundamental change is coming and China will be driven out. Remember what happened to Japan, they say. Mm. Back in 80s and 90s, Japan was the target of this hostile uh, strategies of the United States. And Japan kind of collapsed on its own, basically. Mm. So they say it is possible for rising power to go down mm-hmm. and never make it. So remember what happened to Japan and, and be careful about what the United States has in mind. No matter what, whichever side is right, we have to just keep in mind. I know Korean companies are smart and they, they take care of their business well. So we know they'll find a way. But in doing so, are three things, brain, money, and technology. These are the three things that you need to become and or to remain as a as a world power in semiconductors and mm-hmm. all leading advanced uh, technology fields. So uh, we will certainly hope that Korean companies will focus on retaining their basis for human resources, brain, mm-hmm. and then capital mm-hmm. uh, from Korea and from international investors, and then also technology cooperation from the United States, Europeans and Japanese and Taiwanese all together to remain at the forefront in technological competition that we know today. Thank you very much, Professor Kim byung for an insightful conversation. Brain, money, technology, that's going to stick. <laughs> we'll speak to you again you. soon. Have a great week. Thanks. Bye-bye. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.